everyone, and welcome to episode one, season five of the Carousel Project podcast. Can y'all believe that? Season five. I sure can't. It's wild. Season five, five seasons of y'all sitting and listening to us chat about Disney. Yeah, seriously, who allowed us to have five seasons? It has been so much fun. I know we haven't even gotten into the topic yet, but again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much to everyone who has been listening, to everyone who has been supporting. I love seeing the Patreon grow. I love seeing our little Facebook group grow, and we can't wait to provide more as those grow. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's jump into our topic for today. First off, I am Josie Maida, and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida. And I'm Kate Killebrew. You can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew. And I'm Epcot Adam. You can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam. Yeah, you can. I was so excited. <laughs> I was could not wait for the first yeah, you can. Of, of season five. Season, of season five. I was really, really excited. Um, our question for the day, going along with our theme, is did you get to experience going to the parks during the year of a million dreams? Yes. Kate, no. it's on you. The oh, answer for me. me is a no. So we can I can go first this time. I know you guys say yeah, I never you go can first. Go. You can go. Okay. The answer is no. <laughs> so there you go. Can, can you expand on that? Um, no, I wish. Um, okay. I probably was at home. Let's see. I was in like, this is... 2006 so i know for a fact i was like at home like i wish i wasn't too watching to disney, to disney channel yeah i literally would watch it on like disney channel and be like all i want is to go to disney world so yeah but no i didn't go kate yes i went and i i don't ever stop talking about the celebration if you know me for more than five minutes i'm mentioning this um i went in january of 2007 so kind of towards the beginning of this of it starting i was there for mardi gras and i think on that trip we had no idea that it was happening until we got there and we started seeing like all the blue stuff and we Mm -hmm. saw the people with the messenger bags and found out what was going on but the other day we were cleaning out the closet at my mom's house and i found a guide to it all from that trip and What I'm realizing now is the reason my mom kept all this is because this was the first trip that we took without my dad, like after he left. This was the first time she drove us to Disney, just the kids and all that. So she said, bye, loser. We're going to Disney World. So this was also when we stayed at the (laughs) Nick Hotel and everything. But um, I'm pretty sure we would have gone back in 2008 as well for Mardi Gras, but... I, I loved using this for the re- this map for the research because it was cool to see like how things change during the two year 27 month celebration. But yeah, anyway. that's awesome. Did you um, Adam? Yes, I don't know how many times, but since I live an hour from Disneyland, <laughs> I went a lot. Um, I go wow. to Disney World during that. But, <laughs> uh, I, I but sure it wasn't did. it wasn't memorable though because like he no. can't come up with a memory from Disneyland. No, nope, never, never. Could you come <laughs> up with a memory during this though? The year of yes. a million dreams. Yes, um, oh, my friend. I, oh, you saying, I just thought you about say? it. I didn't even say like if I won any prizes, but I guess we'll get to that later. Okay. Well, that was gonna be my memory. Okay. So. Well, you say your memory. <laughs> you say your memory. Please leave all of this in. <laughs> just for you. Um, yeah, I my friend Paul and I were would go to the parks a lot, and one time we were walking out of Tiki Room, and someone came up to us with like lanyards with like pins on them. They were like Aww. silver grayish with like blue writing, I think, and they had a bunch of pins that said "Year of a Million Dreams." So we got that, 
And I know it's somewhere here at my parents. If I ever, ever find it, we will post a picture of it. Cool. So you got Very the cool. you got the pin lanyard. That's yep. awesome. Yep. Woohoo! So, well, let's dive into the year of a million dreams and what the heck it is for those of our listeners who don't know about. I know we say this every time, but probably one of the greatest celebrations in Disney this Parks one really, history. This one really, I think this was. one takes the cake. Yeah. Not to be dramatic, but it was. I think so. <laughs> um, so before we start, I just want to point out that the main system of this whole thing was like this like grand prize winning machine. And the machine actually started back in the 80s for Disneyland's 30th anniversary. Um, that was when the system, like the prize system was created and it was based on the turnstile, but every 30 guests they got something it could have been like a wristwatch a car whatever for disneyland's 30th every 30 guests got something wow and then the next year in 1986 for walt disney world's 15th um they used this system again but every 15 seconds somebody won something um but what made those different than this current system was that it was turnstile based, but this prize winning system was based on a computer and you could win from anywhere on property, the parks, yada, yada. So that's one thing that makes it cool. Crazy. But I thought it was interesting that like, that's where the concept came from was something, you know, back in the eighties. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what I think is really interesting, and I know a lot of the time it's really hard for us to talk about the PR and the marketing, but that is a huge part of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really, really important to look at the year of a million dreams, which ran from October 1st and was uh, October 1st, 2006, and was extended through December 31st, 2008. It ran all across the world and it really had a ton of activations in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, but the campaign that this was a part of, um, I think sometimes when people talk about year of a million dreams, that kind of gets left behind and forgotten. So this was all part of the Where um, Dreams Come True campaign, which was meant to bring all the parks together like never before before and was led by insights that they gained during the Disneyland Resort 50th anniversary. So that celebration, they learned a lot. Um, and that's where they created the Where Dreams Come True initiative. So directly from the press release back from 2005, 2006, it said the Where Dreams Come True will be Disney's first ever initiative that fully integrates and encompasses its entire global portfolio of parks and resorts. It is rooted heavily in consumer insights gained from two years of extensive research around the world that reveals a singular view of Disney parks. And that singular view was that Disney parks, wherever they are in the world, is where dreams come true, which helped to shape this um, year of a million dreams celebration. Um, and we'll get into more of the press release and more of the um, ads later on in the this episode. But I just wanted to give a little bit of that insight as we dive in and Kate begins to describe what the actual year of a million dreams celebration was like. Well, on your on your other note about it starting on October 1st, I didn't realize this until we were researching, but they this was another one of those times where they immediately ended one celebration mm-hmm. and started the next. So the Which happiest is insane. Yes. So the insane. happiest homecoming on earth ended September 30th, 2006. The next day, October 1st, 2006, this new celebration kicked off. And the crazy thing is there is another celebration that would kick off January 1st, 2009. But anyway, it's it's 
we may have to cover that sometime too. But regardless, I, this was definitely a time where they were just constantly bam, 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 bam. Like you said, it was insane that they could make this flip, especially in like Disneyland, where the happiest homecoming on earth was taking place. Mm-hmm. For them to just make that swap in in a night. A hundred percent, especially because I know how much work went into the 50th anniversary celebration. And I know I don't like to compare it to the 50th because of obvious reasons, (laughs) but I know how much work went into the 50th. So I can't imagine how much work went into something with a lot more thought. Yeah. Um, Kate said it, not me. Kate said it, not me. Um, Come come for me, paycheck, please. It it was me. It was me, paycheck. It was Kate Killebrew. It was me. It was the leader of the Mikey Eisner fan club. I am. Yes. <laughs> Always. Sorry. Sorry, but I'm not. Not anyway. her co-president, Josephine Maida, but the <laughs> Kate No, I'll put my name on it. I'll say it with my chest. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how much work must have gone into this and how they were able to turn it on with another one that had just finished. So, wild. So, uh, kind of like we said already... They're just ending the 50th anniversary of Disneyland. They're kicking this off on the 35th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Uh, So, again, we're celebrating these big milestones for the parks. But like Josie said, it wasn't just celebrated in Walt Disney World. It was celebrated around the world. But the two main parks that got the most was the ones in the United States, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, Mm -hmm. They both had these uh, Disney Dream giveaway campaigns going on within the park, which in case you missed it, they were giving away a million dreams within the celebration. They actually gave away... 1.2 1.2 million dreams over the entire celebration. But anyway, um, so it could be any anywhere from the lanyards that um, that Adam was talking about. It could be dream fast passes, et cetera, et cetera. But this was all run by a computer system um, that would tell the Disney Dream Squad a time, location, and prize to give away to the guest. Um, and so if you knew that you saw, like, People in light blue shirt and like a white vest, you knew you were around the area or you were about to have something happen to you. Um, so the prize and the guest would be selected at random by the computer. They had to be in that location. So an example would be like everybody exiting Big Thunder Mountain Railroad from 11 to 11.05 would get a dream fast pass for Magic Kingdom for the day. Like that's how it worked. They just had it mm. in the computer. They knew where they needed to be. They knew what prize to pick out. Um, and like I said, 1,235,000 guests were awarded dreams throughout the entire celebration. Um, but one thing I learned about today was super greetings. Did you guys read it? No, super greetings. So I read an article on touring plans, um, that was written by somebody named Danny who was on the Epcot dream squad. And she Mm. was talking about how when they weren't actively, off doing one of the prizes that the computer told them to do, um, some of them would get stationed around the park for super greetings and they would be waiting outside of like, you know, major attractions, something like that. And they had the freedom as the Dream Squad, they had the freedom to interact with whoever they wanted and offer like happy, magical moments that weren't a part of the prize. So one of the examples she used was called the the Human Fast Pass, which was where, with the cast member permission for an attraction, they could walk a family to the Fast Pass line. To the ride, yeah. So she said, like, one of her examples would be, you know, 
when the fast pass distribution ended for Soren in the morning, Soren was a big attraction at that time. Uh, she would look for a family that looked like extra distraught that they didn't get a fast pass. And she would, you know, go up and ask them if they were looking to ride that ride. And then she would let them know that she could walk them on. Um, so it was fun stuff like that. Um, which I didn't realize that, but it kind of makes sense now that they can do these other little things. That's huge for a family's vacation. Like I think for us sometimes, because I live here, I don't really think about it anymore because I'm like, meh, if I can't go on a ride this time, I'll go on it next time. Yeah. But I think back right. to the trips where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever come back. Yeah. And so time is so important. You know, there were times in my life where I was like, I literally might never come back. And yeah. so it was really important to me to get on all the rides that I wanted to because it was like, I might never have another chance. And there are a lot of those families out there where this is their once in a lifetime trip. And so, yeah, as a local or someone who goes to Disney a lot, it'd be magical. Like, great. I don't have to wait, but that's huge, especially a ride like Soren at the time. Yeah. Like, that is a yeah. huge prize that could have made a family's like whole trip. So I'm sure they knew like within the, you know, within the park, like which rides normally they could do the human fast pass. And so they, they knew that they could do it. Um, and then I also found that apparently the initial computer type system seemed to end at December 30th, 31st, 2007. And then when it was extended for the year, um, instead of doing like the dream squad prizes, they were still doing like magical moments. And I think that's why we still had like the castle stays and stuff. But some of the other magical moments that they were unprecedented that they did were like a celebrity style handprint ceremony at MGM studios, um, a pixie dusted opening at magic kingdom or being an official wildlife spotter at Disney's animal kingdom. So they were still in that last year, still trying to find like fun, unique things to do, um, with everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. It was, I knew about the Disney dream squad because when I wrote an article about this a few years ago, I knew like that's who was sent out to do the prizes, but I didn't know about the whole super greetings thing. And that that's the Disney experience. I remember from the 2000s was they were always doing something, you know, to plus people's experiences, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also during this time, it was the goal was really to celebrate the dreams of guests and cast members. And it was to make things happen that like had never happened before. Things that guests would think were just truly impossible. Um, and of course, one of the biggest things were the suites that were created for this event. So the Cinderella Castle Suite in Walt Disney World is was created for this event. We talk about it a lot and share some really cool stories in the bonus episode all about the Cinderella Castle Suite. It's our first bonus episode for um, season five. If you want to sign up for Patreon to listen to that one, but that was created just for this event. And then on top of that, in Disneyland, the Mickey Mouse penthouse in the Disneyland Hotel was created as a prize. And then as soon as that prize, um, they were building a dream suite above Pirates of the Caribbean. So as soon as Pirates of the Caribbean dream suite opened, um, Mickey Mouse penthouse house and Disneyland Hotel became bookable. So people still to this day can book that as a place to stay. But the dream suite above Pirates, I believe, can't be booked. It's closed as of 2014, according to Oh, okay. To there online. we go. Well, like, I think it's still there, but I think, like, like you're saying... Is that like, where 21 Royal be... is now? Yes, that's 21 Royal. Okay, so it's gone. Is it... So what... Is it just a hangout now? It's just, like, a lounge? 21 Royal is a place that, like, you can buy into and it's above oh, um pirates okay. of the caribbean i don't yeah. know all the the, the so stuff maybe about the, it maybe the lounge I, I mean the suite 
went away in 2014, and now so. the space is just used for that. But yeah, yeah it's I think 21 it's the Royal Suite now. Yeah, so it I used mean, to I be like an art gallery up yes, there. Yes, like it was back a Disney art gallery. Yep, I remember walk because you have to go up like the the winding staircases above oh, pirates, so and cool. we used to walk through the art gallery up there and check it out. And then one day it was closed for this. Yeah, so now it's Twenty One Royal, so that's not there anymore. The Disney, the Mickey Mouse Penthouse is still there, and obviously the Cinderella Castle suite is still there. So they created these two huge, you know, exclusive locations for people to stay within the parks for this event as well which again is bringing that impossible to life like to allow people to sleep over in the parks is absolutely insane yeah well and the cool thing about the the dream suite at disneyland was that they used the original plans that walt had done from Mm -hmm. a set designer that did sets for gone with the wind for his it was supposed to be an apartment for him but then he Mm -hmm. passed away and roy ended up saying they should drop the project because he didn't think the Disney family would be able to enjoy the space without Walt. So anyway, they pulled those plans Which back nice out Which nice of this. them because let me tell you something. Yeah. I would be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I would be like, mm, actually, I think we would still enjoy it. We miss our dad, but we would yeah. still enjoy we it. We would still actually. enjoy it. Thanks so much. Thank yep. you. We'd find a way. We'd find a way to enjoy a private apartment. Um, I thought that too. I was Disneyland. like, I was like, dang. So, and he had originally named it the Roy. It was going to be called the Royal Suite, based on being on Royal Street. But yeah, it didn't. They they apparently had gotten all the way through like the plumbing and infrastructure. Like it was pretty far along when he passed away, and they ended up just like nixing it um and like adam said from july 11th 1987 to august 7th 2007 it was home to the disney gallery um but then it would eventually turn into the suite which had two bedrooms two bathrooms an open air patio with like the perfect view of phantasmic apparently and then um a living room and like Josie said, it's look. I mean, it's located above pirates. It can't get much better than that. I mean, that's just awesome. Honestly. So, and um, similar to the Cinderella suite situation, whoever stayed in the dream suite was the grand marshal of the Disneyland parade that day as well. So they got wow. that extra little, I guess, parade prize. I don't know. I would. Yeah. Very. It's cool. supposed to be a big deal, but like, I, compared to staying in the suite, like. The Grand Marshal Being the in a Disney parade, I feel like it's pretty cool. That's true. They get like That's special true. ears and stuff. That's pretty cool. That's oh, a the, cool the memory. One, the one time I did it, like, we'll never, you I'll did never it? forget that moment. Yeah, Jamming in the Jungle Parade. The look yep. on Adam's face right now yep. is pure joy. I'll, I'll show you the pictures later. They're they're wonderful. Pure Might have joy. to crop part of it out, but the part <laughs> with me and Rafiki behind me in the, in the float is top notch top notch so yeah i thought it was really cool that the cinderella castle suite and this was a little tidbit that we didn't get to talk about in our bonus episode but again plug for our bonus episode lots of cool information there but the cinderella castle suite was created for the event and they did an abc extreme home makeover special where walt disney imagineer kathy carver she was the principal interior designer um she gave professional designer and carpenter Paige hemis um from the show um a tour as they were building it which was so cool because abc extreme home makeover at the time was a big deal everybody i knew watched that show like religiously so i think that's really cool that it brought in some natural synergy got excitement for the event got excitement for you know what you could win the coolest prize you could win like just again and from a marketing perspective really was like such a unique and 
organic way. Like ABC Home Makeover, this show where they're making over homes is, you know, wildly popular on their own network. Why not show the making over of yeah. a room in Cinderella Castle? Right. It really made so much sense. And again, just probably got people so excited to book a vacation, to to go on vacation, whatever it was. That was just such a good idea. Well, I put a bunch of videos in the show notes of different things. Like I, I found videos of people like winning dream fast passes. I found um, a video of someone finding out they were going to get to stay in the Mickey Mouse penthouse. And the family oh, really? was so sweet. Oh, wow. They were from like the UK or something. And they were like, we've never even been to California. And now we're getting to stay in Mickey's house. And he was there to greet them when they went in. And oh, it was so sweet. I was like so tearing cute. up. I was like, this entire celebration was... <laughs> Like, if we had that today, I just, I can't. It was so sweet. But did you guys know you didn't have to be in the parks to win in the year of I was going to say, I did see that no. the one that they kicked off the entire celebration with, they did bring them to the park, but it was an online competition. And that's what kicked off the entire celebration. Um, it was a family from Ohio. The they got... Yeah, 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 they got the park entirely to themselves. Magic Kingdom. They walked in on a red carpet. There were like over, what was it, 1,200 employees there to yeah, greet and them. Yeah, characters. It was so sweet. And then it was on Good Morning America, which of course, marketing again, that's a great earned media piece on their own network. So doesn't take much yep. to earn it but like that's amazing well it wasn't only online you could also write in on a postcard um you had to give the certain information and i only knew about this because i read forums a while back where people were talking about winning like the dvc prize and stuff like like i'd like to go mm -hmm. over that list soon but yes um, yes let's go where, over the list of prizes. but like all you had to do was send in a postcard post dated by 1231.07 and you just needed your name, address, phone number, and date of birth. And they were picking people from that as well, which I thought was really cool because for people that couldn't make it to the parks, if they knew about this, like similar to the Spanglers, I think the mom's name's Tammy, she was saying like she entered that thing online thinking never in a million years would we win, you know, something like mm -hmm. this. And they did. They, I, I, I have a link to that video in the show notes as well because I watched that. They were like on the carousel with all the characters. Like it was so sweet. I wish we could have like that's that's what Disney should be about. Like I feel like yep. we just but the sadly funny, don't see the it as wild much thing is, and if we want to go into like some of these prizes really quick, I, I broke do. them down on my blog. I would like to. The craziest thing about this, and like Adam as an accountant will appreciate this, is like Disney even gave the families the tax money to cover these prizes. Wow. So and that like normally doesn't happen. Went, like when you win yeah. a car on prices, right? Like you're paying a lot of money in yeah. taxes on that. So so for example, like the What was that? Hold on. When somebody recently they had that huge lottery prize, it was like over a billion dollars and everyone yeah. online was like the first time a billionaire will pay appropriate taxes for their <laughs> money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so true. <laughs> well, <laughs> The biggest, um, the biggest prize of all was the Grand Marshall World Tour. This and the funny, funniest thing about this is Disney just put out something like this as a paid yep. experience, and, and this is immediately where my mind went. So there were three, count them, three different families that could win this, like throughout the celebration. Count them. She said count three. Em, three. One, two, okay. three. <laughs> so. 
Um, on this Grand Marshal World Tour, it was a 15-day, 14-night trip for a winner and up to three guests to visit every single park at that time. The most recent park was Hong Kong Disneyland, so Shanghai hadn't opened yet. But the prize was all expense paid, including airline tickets, hotel stays, $75 Disney gift cards per person per day for food, park admission to all of the parks, and a VIP tour for each location. Um, and then they said that this was an estimated cost of $36,000 as a prize. So they chipped in $8,500 for the winners to cover any income tax they were going to be charged. Wow. So that was the top prize. The other top prize, which this is actually more expensive than the other one, was three winners, count them three, they could win a DVC membership to Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa, or another DVC resort chosen by the Disney Parks. And the prize would include 220 points a year. It was said to be enough points to have an eight-night stay in a one-bedroom villa during Epcot's Food and Wine Festival every year until the membership expires in 2057. Um, and apparently wow. they'd still have points left over. So they had that, like, Aren't the covered. points, like, free, though, anyway? What points? What do you mean? The DVC oh, points aren't. Oh, Why girl, should I have oh, yeah, yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. I was like. So many bad I memories. Was like, girl, I'm triggered again. Okay. Yeah, I, I get my DVC points for free, so. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the annual fees and taxes were concerned, those were covered as well. So they just got. Oh, that'd be great if someone did that for me. A 50 year DVC membership. It was estimated value was $88,000. That was three wow. people won this. Um, and then six people were awarded vacations um, on Adventure by Disney. Um, and each winner could bring up to three guests. They got to take a trip to one of four destinations. 18 uh, people found themselves on a Disney cruise line. It was um, three were 10 night Mediterranean cruises. Three were three night like Bahama cruises, um, and they got to stay in the Disney suite while on board. Uh, six won a 14-night transatlantic cruise to from Barcelona to Port Canaveral, and then six won 14 from Port Canaveral to Barcelona. So that's just cruises. And then in, in addition to that, you know, you just had like – one night stays in those suites. You had, uh, you know, they had after hours access for all of the different parks, which this made me think about something we talked about in our bonus episode. But um, it sounds to me like they were probably running the parks after anyway, hours yep, for two, for two days anyway, because we had 5,800 guests won after hour admission to Disney's Animal Kingdom. So they were doing that for every park. Um, in addition to that, they had um, over 95,000 people got Dream Fast Passes to one park. So, I mean, it was like for every park they had. And that. the Dream Fast Pass is really cool. They still have something that looks kind of similar to it yeah. at Disneyland. So if you can imagine the badges they come out with for the food festivals at Disneyland, mm -hmm. where it's worn around your neck and it's plastic and it has little tabs, that's what the Dream Fast Pass was. Mm -hmm. so that was what I got to win. Whenever I went, you won that. Yeah, I want to. I want. Oh, you did. I want actually. Oh, won. You, Kane knows the owner. Mm. I actually won two. Um, yeah, she won two. Yeah, so all I got was weird, a lousy ass lanyard. So it was the weirdest thing. We were in Adam's line. memory is crushed as Kate's. We were, like I won twice. 
Yeah, my one good memory so... of the last 20 years of Disneyland. And Kate smashed it. It was so crazy. We were in line at Tower of Terror. We're in the library room and the lights come on to go out and they're like, everybody in this room gets a dream fast pass. And I was like, yeah, because I mean, MGM's my favorite park. Obvi, that's the one I want a dream fast pass for. Because in case you missed it, a dream fast pass has a tab for every single fast pass attraction. You just go up and use it. So we get the dream fast pass. My sister and I are immediately like, well, let's go ride rock and roller coaster with our dream fast pass tab. So we go get in line. We're in the room right before you go in to see Aerosmith. And they say again, surprise, everybody in here want a dream fast pass. And me and Kelsey are looking like they're not going to give us another one because we already. And they said, even if you already got one, you get another one. So we got this two. Bee. We got two <laughs> dream fast passes. I just passes. think Kelsey maybe didn't. Maybe that should have been me. Yeah, maybe it should have been you. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that was what I got. But yeah, the Dream Fast Pass. I will trade you my lanyard for one Dream Fast Pass. So you have one Dream Fast Pass and one lanyard. Well, I don't think she has them anymore. Right? I don't have them. It. So yeah. one of one of my lanyards, I one of the like the leftover lanyard without the tabs on it, I kept that on my ID badge, like my school ID badge, like my whole time in school. Like I was I was psycho. But the other one I have no idea where That's it is. That's okay. Knowing my mom, there might be hiding in some closet. Or it's something. somewhere. Yeah, you guys find it when you clear out the. But but yeah, that was what I would want. I would say that, or obviously staying in Cinderella Castle. I feel like those were the two most iconic of the the prizes. I also you could saw win. that they were giving away like sometimes they were giving out ears, like yes, ears for the celebration. Did. And then another one I thought that was really cool. I read in a forum somebody said that they had they were going to a restaurant. They were going to Rose and Crown, yeah. and they saw that one of the tables in the restaurant was set up for royalty and was like this whole super fancy fun dining and it was basically like whoever that reservation was got this super cool dining experience even though they just looked like a normal so I was like that is so cool yeah they I mean they had a mate like they gave away the lanyard that Adam got they gave up gave away almost 420,000 of those during the celebration oh so I was only one of 420,000 so I'm a nobody. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. They gave away 250,000 pairs of the mouse ears that Josie's talking about. And then they did like 50,000 photo vouchers. So I guess like people could go get one of their photo pass photos covered yeah. by Disney. So yeah, they gave away a ton of prizes. But the big ones, in my opinion, are the ones where it was like, we covered the taxes kind of thing. But I did mm-hmm. find they did other like little random things. Like uh, they got... Star Wars meet and greet opportunities like there, there were like random VIP things like free admission to Mickey's not so scary like they were doing all kinds of stuff like that 30 VIP tours were given away um, to see the Disneyland apartment um, on Main Street so anyway it was an amazing the, the, the prizes were unmatched for sure. I love that. Also, I think um, back from that original press release, getting back a little bit into the marketing, um, they really had such a cohesive campaign for this. And again, that's because it went back to that singular idea that this is where dreams come true. So um, Michael Mendenhall, he was the executive vice president of global marketing for Disney Destinations LLC at the time. He said, this initiative is global in reach from a marketing perspective because of the intrinsic power of the idea. After all, everybody has a dream. The notion crosses all cultures, languages, and geographies. This initiative will speak in one voice to guests around the world and will permeate multiple consumer touch points, taking our guest vacation experiences to an all-together new level. And when we see this, it really was... um, 
such a fun global campaign. So huge creators, top advertising talent, directors, and Yellow Shoes, Disney's internal advertising agency, worked together to create the first ever Disney Parks global marketing campaign. So this was the first time that that ever happened, that they were marketing all the parks like together in one singular global campaign. Um, They came out with these really cool and memorable print campaigns done by Annie Leibovitz. I'm probably saying her name wrong, which is embarrassing because she's a huge American photographer and she's known for her campaigns with like super large brands and celebrities. Um, And so she took pictures of really well-known celebrities at the time in Disney stories. um, And it wasn't um, like cartoony. It was real people and real costumes and real settings. Um, And so even though the year of a million dreams ended, she still does do these portraits and has continued the series by putting celebrities into Disney stories. But the ones that they did... For so the when campaign. Is she putting us I know. In Disney stories. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. So the ones that she did for the campaign were A Whole New World Awaits, and that was J Lo and Mark Anthony. J Lo as um, Jasmine and Mark Anthony as Aladdin. Wow. Um, they did Where Imagination mm. Saves the Day, which was David Beckham, like as Prince Charming on like a horse saving the day. And he had been newly signed to the LA Galaxy at the time. So David Beckham is a huge celebrity, but also he had just gotten signed to the LA Galaxy, which fits in great with Disneyland and, you you know, being right near LA and California where Wonderland is your destiny was with Beyonce as Alice and singer songwriter Lyle Lovett and actor Oliver Platt, which I felt like it was like crazy that it was like Beyonce. And then I don't know those two other people. Maybe I recognize the names, but I could not tell you what they do. But they were all in teacups, which was really cute. Then Where Every Cinderella's Dream Comes True, which was Scarlett Johansson. And then this last one, because the photographer continued on the campaign, I don't know if this one was for the um, Year of a Million Dreams or not. I think it was because... all the ones for the million dreams, year of a million dreams had those taglines that I was reading where yeah. the other ones were just like pictures. And this one, I did find a copy with the tagline where you never have to grow up. And it was with Mikhail Bar- Barashovsky, Giselle Bunchin, and Tina Fey. And it was a Peter Pan picture. Oh. Um, wow. And so, yeah, they were really, really cool. A lot of people who were very famous or notable at the time. It was a really well-known photographer. And again, this is something that people from around the world could see and, you know, resonate with no matter what. It was really cool to see people in those roles. And then the commercial showed cast members at the center of the magic, which I thought was really cool. Like it opens with a custodial cast member sweeping up some pixie dust and it's, you know, all pixie dusting and then a housekeeping cast member cleaning up a room and just like in one of the... um, you know, in, in like Cinderella, the animals come to help clean up the room. There was a cast member working at Haunted Mansion in Disneyland and the hitchhiking ghosts were clocking in for the day. So it really made cast members the center of that magic. And they were working with the hitchhiking ghosts, with the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so that was really, really cool because I do think cast members must have felt so great during this time to have like the power to make people happy. And just this was such a magical, magical time to be at Walt Disney World or or Disneyland, or anywhere, really. And I should have pulled this again, but they, and I just thought about it, they did the 
happiest balloon on earth again for this celebration as well. They had really? just done it. For, oh. They had just done it for the happiest um, homecoming on earth. They did it then, and then this time somebody like a family got to go up in the balloon. It was like on one set day. Um, I did a video on it for an on this day in Disney history. It just it just came back in my mind. I don't I don't have the info on it in front of me, but it happened. So that was another like dream situation that somebody got to win, which is kind of cool. Wow. Um, super super cool do we want to talk about attractions that oh, yeah. came out during that always time? which by the way i kept finding attractions that opened during this period of time because some just were not like highlighted but still technically opened like open during um, the time yeah yeah because i looked at this old map like this 2007 january map and grand fiesta tour hadn't opened yet it was the old attraction and i went and looked it up and grand fiesta tour opened i guess in i wrote it down in april so that technically opened during this celebration and i did yeah, there were yeah. quite a few rides that yeah. opened during this time for sure um but the ones that were mainly focused on were like the disney dreams come true parade um that basically just was a change from the shared, I think it was shared dream come true was the parade that was before that. Um, they had Woody's cowboy camp, which was basically just like a dance party type situation that they have right now outside of country bear jamboree. But I think this was like the first time they did something like that. Um, and it only mm. happened for the celebration. Um, they had the high school musical pep rally. I know for me personally, I remember this, but I remember it being at MGM Studios. It's crazy to think that High School Musical was during this time because in my mind this happened so much earlier than High School Musical and I forget because like I know it's at the same time like I very vividly remember when High School Musical came out I was in the fifth grade. Yeah so this one it um it's it actually started in Tomorrowland which is so random like it started in Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom during the celebration but it would eventually move over to um, MGM Studios at the time, which is what I remember. I remember they had this big stage, uh, like float thing that they would roll out and like everybody was dancing and doing the numbers. And it was like basically where that Star Wars stage used to be. Yeah. Uh, that was mm. where they had it. Um, they also had the seas with Nemo and friends open up during this period of time. Ooh. Finding Nemo the musical. Um, funny enough, on the West Coast, we're not there yet, but on the West Coast, Finding Nemo's submarine voyage would also open. So they were having a Nemo yep. moment during this, like, celebration. We got three Nemo attractions. Um, yeah, Nemo, I feel like, was Inc. huge. Laugh Floor also opened, but back then it was called, like, the Laugh Floor Comedy Club was the nomenclature that Ooh. was on everything. Um, I like Comedy Club. is such a cute name. Yeah, and then um, Toy Story Mania would eventually open um, in the last year, like the extended year of yep. the celebration. It opened on May 31st, 2008 at Walt Disney World, and then it opened June 17th, 2008 in DCA. Um, I was there. Oh, yeah, you told me you were there. That's yep. so cool. They also had... Um, Dream Along with Mickey, which was a stage show that they had in front of the castle oh, for that, that period of time. And it was there all the way through 2016, which I was surprised yep. about. Um, but then on Disneyland's coast, they had the Finding Nemo submarine voyage that I talked about. But then I'm sure Adam will have some thoughts on this because him and I have talked about this before, I'm pretty sure. So they had two rockin park attractions that yes. came out during this time <laughs> so they had rockin space mountain and yep. then they had 
rockin' California screamin'. And yep. both of these attractions featured <laughs> new soundtracks with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and they both started in like January of 2007. So I did a little bit of research on this so I would know a little bit about it, but there really isn't that much. But apparently Space Mountains was inspired by an overlay that they used to do for special events called Rocket Mountain. Um, it was only open for like grad night events and um, it would take over Space Mountain at night. But then they ended up doing Rockin' Space Mountain, which was supposed to be like a concert in space with um, <laughs> with the with Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Stevie Wonder's Higher Ground. And As if we don't have enough Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. here on Earth, we need to go to space <laughs> to get more. We need it on space. <laughs> and then over in DCA at California Screamin', they they replaced their standard audio with Red Hot Chili Peppers around the world. So they sure did. I, <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. I looked this Why up. Why the and Red I was Hot like, Chili Peppers? Like everything about that. Like I, I have no idea. I guess because they have that no, song I, Danny they're California. They're a California like, band. I, I was gonna say, yeah, but is still like they're from LA. But what made you think? There, there's just, a lot of other bands from LA. That there's a lot of other bands chosen. from around the world. This is a global so, celebration. I found like an ad or video or something they put out where they were talking about this and it was called rock in both parks and i have a link to it that's in the that's in I the show notes but it I, talks I lived about, it but i want to i want to relive it talks this about like memory. the guy who had to like mix the music for california screaming to make it match like the curves and all that kind of stuff and anyway uh I feel like it was just a sign of the times. The weird thing is I can't find an ending date for Rockin' California Screamin', but the ending date for Rockin' Space Mountain was April 26, 2007, so I'm assuming it was Yeah, I was going to say they, they did not last very long. Yeah. It was just like a couple months. Like Hyperspace Mountain, when they first opened that, it lasted for like a full year, I think. Mm -hmm. I love an overlay. And then it came back and it went away and it came back again. And now it, it looks like they're bringing it back like every May the 4th. Oh, yeah, you're um, for, right. Because they, they've had it back May 4th through July 4th, you know, a few months ago. And I assume they're going to do that going forward because it's such an easy transition for them. Um, but, yeah, I remember the rockin' versions were barely there. I wound them a few times. I'm like, why do these exist? Can we just have, like, the actual good soundtrack for this? <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. Did they have some kind of partnership with the Red Hot Chili Peppers going on that we didn't know about? Like... Was they must have. We might have on? to do a bonus episode on that. Yeah. So anyway, I I just thought that was funny that it's like they got the Finding Nemo ride, eventually Toy Story, Midway Mania, and then two Red Hot Chili Pepper soundtrack overlays. Like that was that was the year of a million dreams for. That was the Disneyland. year of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the year of Red Hot it. Chili Peppers dreams. I guess I don't know. So I was also there for the the day the Finding Nemo submarine voyage or whatever it's yeah. called opened and it was like a four and a half hour line and we're just like no we are not doing this yeah. and then i went back a week later and did it and i'm just like i why would i wait even 20 minutes for this garbage <laughs> it's so funny because i saw videos like because i watched a few different videos of like you know leading up to the celebration and one of them it showed like a clip where they were at some disney event and they were like we're bringing the submarines back and everybody was like yeah and then it was like 
that they're doing they're doing like a Finding Nemo over like I don't know it was just funny and they're like we want to you know conserve the memory of the submarines that people love and I'm like this is the op I feel like this is the opposite of what what people yeah, like, like they probably got in there and were like what the heck is going on but anyway I've never like done it, I've so honestly I I live you know an hour from Disneyland I go 20 30 40 times you a year do. I oh, I've been on as she lives less than an hour from Disney World I literally live less five than minutes an hour from less than World. yeah less than five minutes <laughs> and I I guaranteed I've been on the Epcot version of the Nemo ride 10 times more than I've been on the one here. I've been on the one here maybe five times in the 15 years it's been well, open. It is hot garbage. I'll get ready to go on it when I come out there because I do oh, want I to think I'll take a break there. I've never done it, so I want, I want to do okay. it. It's always been closed when I've been there. But I, Just be ready for a very tight, claustrophobic, hot and sweaty 15-minute submarine voyage where you have to look through no, a hole no, this big. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Y'all are going to make talk me, me out of it. <laughs> well, if you really yep. want to do it, I'll do it with you. I, I saw some footage where they have Darla like in a little scuba outfit waving in the yeah. water. And I'm like, I want to see that in person. But anyway, I know it's going to be horrible, but I haven't done it. So I want to do it. It's it's more or less the same exact ride. I never got to do 20,000 leagues because it... Um, it closed before. Oh, I thought that's what yeah. you were going to say. Um, oh, no. It's, so it's, it's like the same as the like, Nemo Epcot, but just like you're in a submarine that goes very slowly as opposed to a clamshell. Yes, and we don't have We're that song. So. Explore. Oh, they don't have the song? What's the point? What I don't think. I, I, I haven't been on it in probably 10 years, so my, my memory could be fading, but um, I don't think they have the song. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. What else? Um, that was what I had for that. But the celebration that would come after this was called What Will You Celebrate? And that campaign kicked off on January 1st, 2009. And I thought this was cool. If guests were at the park on their birthday date, they could get admission into the park for free. Yes, 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 yes. So, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know about this because I was never at the park on my birthday in mid-July. But... Um, but that was my point. Is they went right into something else afterwards. They had some other campaign that they were doing. Yeah, absolutely insane that they had a campaign and then a campaign Ready. and followed up by another campaign. Yes, right. Because again, fiftieth into this into the because we saw with like, Disney World's fiftieth, like they had had really not a lot going on. I mean, yeah, they lost a lot of people due to the pandemic, but like they didn't have anything going on beforehand. No celebrations, you know. Same. If Kate and I didn't love Disney World so much, they would have lost us as guests <laughs> after that debacle of a 50th celebration. It's just literally the 30th anniversary. The, we've talked about this so many I times, can't, but the no, 30th anniversary of, of Hollywood Studios, like the actual day was way more fun. Yeah. And I'm so sad I'm not And they didn't the even have any opening day rides for that. How dare but you? it was still more fun. It was still more fun. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was it was kind of rough. It was kind of rough, Disney. For me, gotta, it's sad that. that like we're going to have to wait till the 75th and I'm going to have to be like 50 <laughs> something and find out that they're going to like totally botch it again. Or hopefully by then they've learned. But I just, right. I, it makes me sad because every article I was reading or even my own article, it was like, we're only a few years away from the 50th. Exciting to see what celebration they come well, up maybe with. And I'm like, I mean, the Disneyland 60th was really fun. I feel like they did a lot. Yeah. Most, so... And the, the Disneyland 75th is coming 
up quicker than we want to believe. So yeah, and you also, get your butt out also here. the hundred years of it's always hard because there's like hundred years of magic and hundred years of yeah. this, but there is another years. hundred years of something it's next coming year. Up. Yeah, it's yeah. hundred years of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. hopefully they'll knock it's it in twenty three that one. But yeah, D twenty three. We'll see. Yeah. No, I mean. It's only up from here, truly. But for me, that is the biggest crime <laughs> it has of it to be. all. The biggest crime of it all is that. But anyway, I digress. Um, I I feel like the thirty fifth must have been the last time that they really did a big shebang like this for Walt Disney World's anniversaries, though, because yeah. I think the rest. I think for the forty fifth, um, they just had like a special map in the park, and for the fortieth, yeah. they just had a special map in the park. Um. And the reason I'm noting this is because for Disneyland's 40th, which of course fell during the um, 90s, but they did like a they made a big deal out of the 40th. They made a big deal out of the 35th. So anyway, yep. I think it was just a change in everything, like management, CEO, whatever, um, that they kind of started ramping down. I feel like this was the beginning of the end for the big celebrations for smaller milestones. I hope we get some really cool ones for. I think I hope Hundred Years of Magic knocks it out of the park. I really do. Hundred Years of the Disney Company. I hope so. Yes, too. yes, yes, yes. I called it Hundred Years of Magic, didn't I? Yeah. Well, that already happened. But yeah, I know what you. I knew what you meant. But I. Yeah, I hope so too. But the way things are currently, I. I. I've lowered my expectations. And that is. That is. That is the year of a million dreams. thank you so much for listening along to another episode i cannot believe we are on season five absolute insanity we have so many fun episodes coming up this season i'm so excited we finally did year of a million dreams this has been on our list since we first started the podcast and i cannot believe that it took till season five to make it happen so super 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 exciting as always you can find us on instagram on at carousel project podcast if you want to chat with us about year of a million dreams or really anything else podcast and disney Yes, and as usual, um, if you haven't yet, go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate us five stars because, as you know, five is Adam's favorite number. And um, he cries every time he, we yeah. don't get a five. <laughs> yep. So we always get a five. So, um, That's true. So the, the Apple Podcast one, though, you can actually leave a, like, a comment. So let us know what you love about the podcast. We love reading, reading those reviews. And then as Josie mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, don't forget about our Patreon. Um, we have a new bonus episode up that goes with this episode right now. So you've got new stuff to listen to. Um, so feel free to check that out. That's a great way to help support our passion project. And also I'm just saying five stars, season five. <gasps> True. Kind of goes together. It's, this is our fifth bonus episode. Like, look at that synergy, True. baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We planned it. We love it. <laughs> and as always, share us with your friends and family. We have so many fun episodes, um, including all the bonus episodes on Patreon. So, yeah, we, we would love to have you and everyone you know listening. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> have a great week. We can't wait to be back with another episode. And happy season five. Bye. Bye. Take care. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Take care. Thought you had five minutes to be there for me as a friend. Even more dreams will come true during the 2008 Disney Dreams Giveaway. Like an overnight stay in the Cinderella Castle. Magical dream fast passes and other surprises. 
becoming the Grand Marshal in Disney parades around the globe. And for the first time, an overnight in the park stay in the Disneyland Dream Suite. It all starts January as part of the year of a million dreams at the place where dreams come true. Visit DisneyParks.com.